0: Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. All right. Good morning. It's good to see all of you. Good and when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing, mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled. Everybody say, all filled. All they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Today's Pentecost Sunday. Yeah. This is the day when uh, that, that Jesus had told his, his disciples about uh, to go and wait for the promise of the Father because... You know, he was about to ascend into heaven. He had finished his ministry here on the earth. He had trained up these uh, disciples to now go into all the world and preach the gospel. But before they do that, instead of going and preaching, he told them to go and sit. Go and sit. Don't do anything until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Because you will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Jerusalem and uh, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And so don't do anything without the Spirit because it's the Spirit who is energizing us to the work of the kingdom of God. It's the, inter- it's the Spirit who's energizing us in our walk with the Lord Jesus, our walk with God, and who's teaching us and training us all the time. You know The Bible says that he guides us into all truth and he shows us things to come. And First Corinthians says that he reveals to us what has been given to us by God. I'm grateful for that. And that he's searching the deep things of God. And he is a a very present help because he is in us today. Aren't you glad the Holy Spirit is in you today as a child of God, that you have the helper. Jesus said he's the helper. Amen. You need help? He's the helper. And he's our comforter. And uh, so, but being, it is Pentecost Sunday, I am, I, uh, we are in this series, planted, and so I'm going to I'm going to do something on the Holy Spirit in a week or two uh, because I really love Pentecost. I love this time of year, but we need to finish actually our series. Uh, so we're going to stay in our series on uh, planted, and I want to encourage you to take your Bibles and we're going to go through several verses of Scripture in a very short amount of time. I know that you were really happy to hear that part of what I just said. So we're going to kind of skim the surface of scriptures and pull out some truths here today of why, why is it so important that we as the children of God, as the people of God be planted in church? Why is that so important? Because for one thing, it's important to God. We are important to God. You are important to God. His church is so important to him. And uh, for the sake of time, I'm not going to do any review over the last three or four weeks that we've been talking on this subject, but I do want to encourage you to go uh, subscribe to our podcast. Uh, We have these messages on there also on YouTube and Facebook as well. Uh, Whether you want to just hear the audio or you want to watch the video, we have these things archived for your listening and watching pleasure. Amen. And uh, so Ephesians chapter 5 is where we're going to start this morning. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25, Ephesians 5, 25, it says, <clears throat> husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. All right, so what we understand here is the why we need to be planted in the house of God, why we need to be planted in church is because Jesus loves it. Thank you for your enthusiasm. I says it's because Jesus loves it. He loves you. Yeah. Amen. So we need to learn to love what he loves. As I've said before, it's, uh, I hear, I've heard Christians through the years say, you know, I love Jesus, but I, I don't really care much about the church. Well, how can you love Jesus when you don't really care about what he loves? That's, that's, just, that's just mouth service. That's not real. If you love him, you're going to love what he loves. Amen. And he loves his church, and he died for his church. He came to build his church. Amen. So um, it's how he adds to his family. We're going to see these things. The reason why we need to be planted in the house of God and and all in when it comes to the church is um, God adds to his family in this way. It's also how he trains and how he teaches his family. It happens through the church. It's the epicenter of faith in the earth. It's also the place where people can come and give praise and, and thanks to God and give testimony of His goodness in their lives. And ultimately, it's because of the price that He paid for it. Amen. All right? Um, Acts chapter 2, let's look at that. Acts chapter 2 and verse 47. Now, Acts chapter 2, I have just quoted part of that at the beginning of this message, uh, the day of Pentecost, and, and at the end of this whole miraculous experience where the Holy Spirit. Uh, gave them the utterance, and these 120 people were speaking in other tongues, tongues that were not familiar to them, but were familiar to many other people, and many people um, heard them in their own language declaring the wonderful works of God and magnifying the Lord, and so there was this confusion about what was going on. Some accused these guys of being drunk, and Peter says, he stands up and says, listen, it's nine o'clock in the morning. They're not drunk, and this is what happened. This is that which was spoken. It was prophesied beforehand by the prophet Joel who said, in the last days I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. And, and then uh, well, toward the end of this the, the, Peter gave them the opportunity to receive uh, the Lord to be saved and 3,000 people were saved that day. That's beautiful, isn't it? And so in verse 47, it says, Praising God and having favor with all people, the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So the Lord took care of those who were being saved and the best thing God knew to do with them was to get them in church. He added them to the church because this is the place where we are grown in the word. We hear the word and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we walk by faith and not by sight. It is the victory that overcomes the world. So the Lord made sure to add to the church those who were being saved because they need direction, right? They need understanding. They need insight. They need growth. All of us do. So this is the first reason really why we should be planted is it's, this is how God adds to his family. Uh, uh, God doesn't have another plan for adding to his family Uh, and growing the kingdom. He has one plan, and that's the church. Everywhere they went in missions, in preaching the gospel throughout the New Testament, especially you can read a lot of these accounts in in the book of Acts, is that they established churches along the way, or care centers for believers. Amen. I mean, big crusades are awesome. Alex and I got to do some outdoor open-air crusades in Uganda. Africa a couple of years ago, 2017, wasn't it? That's been four years ago now. And uh, that was a marvelous experience. And there were several people that came to the Lord. Many people were healed. Many were set free from devils. And uh, it was fun watching Alex casting devils out of people. That was a really cool experience. Now, witnessing one-on-one is good as well, you know, uh, sharing with others. But nothing is as, as grand as the establishment of the church in the earth. It is God's best idea for global evangelization to win the world. Amen. So, I mean, men and women, they get married to build something, um, not just to have sexual encounters, even though those are fantastic, but, but to build a family, right? To build a family, uh, to, to establish a home, to, to leave a legacy, So God has a purpose in his love for the church to take over the world, and he he wants to add more and more and more to his family because he loves what his son has done for us. And he believes that Jesus deserves uh, lots of rewards, lots of trophies uh, for his incredible work in saving us. So God uses the gathering of the church to say something to the world. He loves people. This is what he's saying to the world. God, Jesus said it. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And this is the message that comes out. It should come out of the church today. God loves the people. God loves people. God loves you. And he wants you in his family. Amen. Uh, Let's go to Acts chapter 11 and verse 25. Acts chapter 11 verse 20 says, Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul. So Barnabas had been sent to this place called Antioch and found that Gentiles were coming to the Lord there. So this is all a very brand new experience that people like you and I were getting saved. Because for so long, salvation was of the Jews and Jews only. But when Jesus Christ died and he bled for our sins, he took away the sins of the world. And that included all of ours, too. And so it opened God's heart to all of us. It wasn't just to the natural-born children of Abraham. Now the Lord wanted all of us to be part of his family. Aren't you grateful to God for that? So this happened in Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10 is where the first Gentile gets saved, a guy by the name of Cornelius. And Peter goes to his house. Remember the story. And so now Barnabas is going around, and he's seeing that these Gentiles are coming to Jesus, of uh, uh, even prior to chapter 10 in chapter 9 is where Saul of Tarsus uh, is converted to Christianity by having this encounter with the Lord Jesus on the road to Damascus. And so um, when Barnabas goes to Antioch and he sees these Gentiles coming to Christ, then he heads to Tarsus to get Saul because he knows that Saul has been handpicked by God to preach to the Gentiles. Verse 26, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. So the second reason why we should be in church, why we should be planted in church, is it's how God tra- trains and teaches his family. Amen. He brings you to a body of believers where teaching is taking place. And this, this is his primary way of of winning your soul, all right, of winning your soul. Your spirit is born again, praise God, by faith in Jesus. But, you know, our soul's got some catching up to do, right? The way we think, our attitudes, uh, our thoughts, our imaginations, uh, our reasoning, all that kind of stuff, has it needs help. And so this is how our souls are won, our, even our own wills as well. He, so he trains us and teaches us while, while we sit at the feet of his word. And uh, God's not going to have a family that doesn't look like him and doesn't act like him. Yeah. Amen? And so he birthed you so that you could look like him on the inside. And it takes training and teaching to become like him in the way that you live. So the way uh, you think, the way you talk, the way you walk, this is, we, we need training for that. Just like you train up your children the way they should go. The Lord is constantly training us up. I've learned a lot about how to live the Christian life in church. I've been in church pretty much all my life. And, but there, there are, are, are three things that I've learned and practiced that have really impacted my life immensely. And, and all of you have a testimony to how the church has you know, impacted your life in some way or another. But I just want to give a little testimony here in these three areas. Number one is giving. Number two, speaking the Word of God. Having a regular confession of faith, speaking the word, declaring it in my life, declaring it over my wife, over my children, you know, uh, over my my loved ones, over this church, over everything. And also, thirdly, praying in the Spirit. Those those things have been extremely helpful in my life. I mean, giving opened our world up big time. Heather and I, I, I found an amazing thing that happened when we chose to be givers, and that is the fear of lack no longer became an issue. It was gone. That fear was gone. Because God proved himself over and over and over again. And uh, we found out just how involved God could be in our lives if we would just let him. And through the years, he has continually provided for us again and again. His provision has always, I want to say this too, one thing I've learned about God is his provision always exceeds my giving. Always. Speaking his word, praying in the Holy Spirit has also changed my life. It's how I overcame uh, crippling anxiety and panic attacks for a number of years that I was bound by it and didn't think there was any way out of it. I really uh, when, when I looked in just the professional medical world, uh, it, basically the, the only hope I was given was, this is something you're going to cope with the rest of your life. That was the best hope they could give, and here's a pill. And, and so I I, I didn't want to do that. I'm not, I'm not against taking a pill to help you. I'm not against that. But I, for me personally, I didn't want that. I didn't want to cope. I wanted to overcome this. And so the Lord helped me. He helped me do it by giving me very simple instructions. Speak the word, pray in the spirit. Every time that comes on you, every time that panic attack tries to come up, that dark cloud moves over your head, speak the word, pray in the spirit. I'd like to say that, that immediately it was gone. Well, it wasn't immediately gone. I had to stay with it. I had to stay vigilant. And he told me, fight every time, fight every time. You've got the keys to win, but you have to fight. If you don't fight, you're not gonna win. Amen. And you can't, you can't just wish it away. Make the world go away. It didn't work like that. Right? (laughs) Some of you are old enough to know that song. Like three of you. Okay. (laughs) But... It it just doesn't work. So when I started applying, I started applying, I'm applying the word of God, and I'm thinking of every scripture possible, even Jesus wept, something, just get the living word out out of your mouth, you know? Didn't even necessarily have to apply to the issue that I'm having, just speaking the living word. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? And body shaking, heart racing, you know, all that kind of stuff, speaking the word, praying in the Holy Spirit, and I found in about three months' time of that, staying with it, staying in the battle, kept fighting. What was, what was changing my life, what was crippling me in life for almost five years was completely gone from my life. And I'm telling you, I'm here to give you testimony. If you'll fight, you'll win, Christian. You don't have to buy into what this world says about it. You don't have to, don't have to accept that stuff as your norm. Because it's not normal. Amen. It's an attack from the devil. Fear comes from him. And God has not given you a spirit of fear, right. but of power and of love and of a sound mind. It's been almost 20 years since I've had a panic attack. Amen. Still free from it to this day. Amen. So I went from one place in my life where I thought this is, this is my reality from now on to being totally free from it. And it is by his faithfulness. It is by the power of his word and the power of his spirit. Amen. And I'm telling you, you can overcome anything in life. Just get those two things in you. Speak the word of God, pray in the Holy Spirit. All right? Like I said, you have your own testimonies of how the church has taught you and equipped you for your own life and, and experiences. And God has brought you here. He's brought you here so that you can grow and so that you, you can know what he knows and so you can show others um, what life in him really looks like. Aren't you glad that you're not saved by how well you perform? Yes. But you know what? Others might get saved by, that way. By watching your life. Sparking up some curiosity in them. Why is their life so good? And we are lights. And we are a city set on a hill. And Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see what? Your good works and glorify my father in heaven. Amen. Acts chapter 14, verse 23. Are you still with me? All right. Just a few more things. So when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. They commended them to the Lord. And then Acts chapter 16 and verse five says, so the churches were strengthened or established in faith and increased in number daily. So the third reason why we should be planted in the house of God in the church is because it's the epicenter for faith in the earth. Now, some of you are, are in school. Well, actually, I think school just got out. But but I mean, age-wise, you're in school. You're in, in the time of learning through the school system, whether that's um, school or college. But you're probably not going to hear from your teacher about having faith in God, unless you're going to that great Bible school called Christ for the Nations. But though they, they the, your teacher might, might want you to have faith in God, because we have a lot of great believing teachers in our school systems. Aren't you grateful for that? Uh, but that's not their purpose, though. It's not their job, right? Their job is to teach. So it, it's the church's responsibility to teach faith. This is is where we get it, to to equip you to live a life of faith. And all you need is faith in God. No matter what you're facing, there is a way of victory available through your faith in the Lord Jesus. And you know what? It might happen instantaneously, but most of the time, it's a walk. Most of the time, you overcoming is a walk. It's a journey. We walk by faith. I wish we flew by faith, but we walk by faith, (laughs) right? I wish we at least drove by faith but but no we walk it's one step after another amen. amen but just know this god is absolutely on your side and whoever believes on him will never be let down ever this is way beyond wishful thinking and hoping it all works out right this is assurance confidence a knowing a knowing amen it's the epicenter of faith because this is where the word of god is most richly dispensed and we know that faith comes by hearing the word all right acts 14 27 now when they had come and gathered the church together they reported all that god had done with them and that he had opened the door of faith to the gentiles thank you lord for that and then Hebrews 2:12 says, saying, I will declare your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly. I will sing praise to you. Fourth reason why we need to be planted in churches. This is where people give him praise. This is where we give him praise. This is, this is Jesus in the midst praising his father. When you open your mouth and you bless the Lord, that's Jesus giving his Father thanks through you. Amen. Uh, he loves his church because this is where his people give testimony of his grace and praise his wonderful name. I've told you this before, but I just want to remind you today that your own tongue has its own print. Just It's just as unique as a, everyone's thumbprint is unique. Your tongue has a print on it. Isn't that awesome? Which means that you have... God likes the way you sing. God likes the way you praise. It's unique. Nobody else has your tongue print. It's so cool, isn't it? So millions of people across the globe are gathered together just like us today in praising God. And God hears all of our praises, but he recognizes your tongue print. And uh, David said, I love that she was talking about David this morning, in Psalms chapter 45 I love, uh, it opens up, it says, my heart is overflowing with a good theme. I recite my composition for the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. So um, uh, years and years ago when I was in Bible school, every year Christ of the Nations would come out with this uh, worship album and uh, they would record it. And so I was so excited because I was on this one. This was, I was 19, 20 years old. Back when we had cassette tapes, some of you are old enough to remember what those are. And I got the, the new worship cassette tape from Christ for the Nations. I could not wait to get it home and show my dad. And so I get, I get there and I put it in the cassette player and I play it. I'm like, dad, I'm on this, I'm on this. And he's sitting there listening to it. And he hears a thousand students singing, right? A whole, <laughs> he says, well, which one are you? I said, I don't have any idea, but I'm in that crowd. And that's what matters, huh? You're here, you're here, and God hears you. He loves to hear your praise, amen. Why don't we just take a moment right now and offer him praise and thanksgiving. Let your tongue be the pen of a ready writer right now. Hallelujah, thank you, Lord. We bless your name, thank you. You are faithful, you are good, and you love us right now in this moment. Thank you that you saved us and you called us for your purpose, for your glory. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. He loves to hear from you. Your testimony and your praises are another reason why he values the church so much. And verse 28 of Acts 20 says, Therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. He purchased with his own blood. The The fifth reason why we need to be planted in the church be here and stay here and abide here and thrive here is because of the price that he paid for it. Your wonderful, wonderful government. It costs twice as much to make a penny than a penny is worth. Think about that. It also costs a dime to make a nickel. Did you know this? Last year, our wonderful government spent $100 million making pennies and nickels. You wonder where your money's going? They'll do it again this year. They'll, they'll do it again next year. The value of our money is decreasing while the price of metal keeps going up. This is the nature of the human condition. We have difficulty keeping value in anything. Politicians through the years have, have chipped away. Talking about us Americans have chipped away at our Constitution. Right. And, and some act like it doesn't even exist, if we're being honest. Get a little bit of advice for you Americans. Cling to your Bible and to your guns. Okay. It's about as political as I'm going to get, but I think it's very helpful, okay? Because the day you give up your rights to your Bible and your guns is the day you really become a slave. So thank God there are those who are willing to give up even their own lives to ensure our enduring freedom. I am grateful to God for that. But the worth of something is determined by what somebody is willing to pay for it. And, And this says that he purchased the church with his own blood. Wow. What was it worth to God? Everything. The worst, think about this the worst kind of person doing the worst kind of thing can be saved today. Because God valued them worthy of his son's blood. Incredible. Even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died. So how did he do that with his death? Because in his dying, he was winning. Huh? You heard about that jockey years ago. Well, I say years ago, 1923, 98 years ago, as a matter of fact, June 4th, a guy by the name of Frank Hayes took off through the gates at Belmont Park on Long Island and on his horse, sweet kiss. And he made it to the finish line first, but something had gone terribly wrong. Frank Hayes was dead when he crossed the finish line. Somehow he stayed on his horse, crossed the finish line. Had a, he'd had a massive heart attack during the race and died. And crossed the finish line, a dead man won the race. A dead man won your race. Huh? You're victorious because Jesus died. 2 Corinthians says, and he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them And rose again. When we take communion together, the Bible says that we we show the Lord's death until He comes. Because when He died, we died. That is, our old nature died. When He died, the power of sin died. When He died, He conquered death, hell, and the grave. He died for all, so that all could be saved from death themselves. That that means you have a right to be healed today. You have a right to prosper in your life because he died. You have a right to be blessed because God loves his church. He proved his love by showing what he was willing to pay to have you. It's how he adds to his family. It's how he teaches and trains his family. This is the epicenter of faith in the earth. It's where people come to give testimony of his incredible grace and praise his name. And it's because of the price he paid for it. That's why we need to be planted here. It's so important to God. He loves us. He loves this gathering. He loves his church. And let's be involved in what God is involved in. And He's highly and heavily involved in his church. Father, thank you for this time together. I thank you, Lord, for these precious people. Every soul that's here, Lord, is precious to you. Thank you that what, for what you were willing to do to save us, to save us to the uttermost, that you loved your church and gave yourself for her. So, Lord, we are here to give praise to you and to honor you and to thank you. Lord, I'm asking you and we're continuing to ask you and thank you for adding to this place. Add to this place. Continue to bless it. Lord, we're here to to build your kingdom. We're here to bless the name of Jesus. We're here, Lord, to see lives change, God, to show the love of God to this world, to be a light, God, so that people can know that this is the place they can come for a refuge. This is a place for salvation. This is a place, God for belonging. This is a place of acceptance. This is a place of love and healing and blessing and growth and learning. And I thank you, Father God, that this will be the testimony of our church, God, that the the world will see us and say, the Lord is good to them. The Lord is good to one cause church. And Lord, may that be our testimony throughout the earth that you are good and we are only who we are because of who you are. Every good thing in our life comes from you. And for that, we are grateful. Thank you for the beautiful gospel. Christ died for our sins. He was buried, and he rose again the third day. (laughs) Wow. And whoever believes on him will live forever. Thank you for that powerful, powerful gospel that saved all of us and ensured us a place in heaven And even more importantly than that, a place in the family of God. Thank you, Lord, for blessing every person here today. I declare health in their bodies, peace in their homes. And Lord, I thank you that you bless them abundantly, spirit, soul, and body, in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace, you and all of your house, in Jesus' name.